Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. All right, guys, welcome to the how behind aggressive growth. We are going to get it kicked off. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for coming, PCA Expo 2023. Hope you guys are having a good time so far. I know I am. PPG event is always fun. I feel like it was more active this year than it was last year. Last year was a little calmer. This year was a, a little bit rowdy, and I prefer it that way. So it's no Sherwin Williams event, but uh, it's still it's still nice. PPG does a good job. Um, okay. So the how behind aggressive growth. I hope if you're sitting in this room that you own or are part of a painting company and you're looking to grow aggressively because that's what we are going to talk about. I like to move quickly. The presentation is kind of long, uh, so I am going to move kind of fast. We will have opportunity for questions at the end um, and we will go through that. Also, we are conducting a raffle. So if you don't have a ticket, uh, for this, my lovely wife, Ariel, will, will hook you up. Um, I think most of you do, but some of you might not. And then we're going to be doing a drawing at the end. Uh, and 10 of you will get a, a free autograph copy, um, which you can go get autographs from the real people who, who are actually the podcast guests. You can find them around. So excited for that. The how behind aggressive growth. So who am I and why should you listen to me? So I am the founder, CEO of Painter Marketing Pros. We are a marketing agency that works exclu exclusively with painting contractors. Uh, we specialize in partnering with ambitious painting company owners with long-term growth goals. We are not a churn and burn, not a fly-by-night contractor agency. Uh, we, I am the, the founder and uh, host of the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast. I know a lot of you guys have listened to it. I really do appreciate that, appreciate the feedback. I'm glad it's helping. You guys, uh, I am a proud member of the PCA's marketing committee. So I work with the PCA on their own marketing initiatives, uh, such as getting you guys here, getting you here next year, and making sure that any of you who are not current members of the PCA become members, because you should. It's only $400. You already paid to come here, so I don't know why you wouldn't become a member. Uh, I'm also a speaker on the PCA Bureau of Speakers. I have written uh, two books. I guess I co-wrote this one, but the Sales System Playbook for Painting Contractors, how to close qualified leads on demand and build yourself out of your painting business. And then painting million strategies to grow your painting business from companies who have surpassed 1 million. I co-wrote this with about 36 other people. So this one is good. All right, raffle, 10 copies at the end. Again, if you don't have a ticket, my wife will take care of you because uh, I do want you guys to participate. Appreciate you being in attendance here. So three key themes for aggressive growth. So these themes come from what I've seen, what I know from working with painting companies across all of North America. They also come from over 50 one hour plus in-depth podcast interviews with some of the most successful and ambitious painting company owners in the world. So I have boiled down what I've learned to essentially three, three key themes. So theme one is build your marketing assets. Your marketing assets are going to create the engine that's going to propel your painting company long term. Uh, theme two is lead with sales. So this is largely a mindset shift that a lot of painting company owners will need to make. 
Uh, but there are tactical steps in here on how to do that. And then theme three is systematize your company. So essentially that is how you do the first two themes and you don't burn your company to the ground. Because if you don't systematize it, uh, you probably don't want to do theme two. All right, so theme one, build your marketing assets. Mr. Brad Ellison, he asked me whether he should come. And I told him he's the first quote, so he probably should. So he's sitting here, thank you, Brad, for your attendance. Otherwise, he wasn't going to come. Uh, don't be afraid to spend money on marketing. So Brad Ellison, he just recently did our most recent podcast series. We just released episode four of his four-part series, I think, two days ago. So it just finally fully released, and he runs Ellison Painting. He started it about nine, 10 months ago, and he's on a trajectory to hit $3 million in sales this year. So when he says, don't be afraid to spend money on marketing, I think he has a little bit of an idea what he's talking about. It's impressive. Um, all right, these assets compose the engine that is going to grow your painting business over the long haul. So many painting contractors, I'm sure you guys can relate to this, get stuck chasing their tails, relying on paid ads, shared leads. I'm gonna be kind of uh, careful here because we have other industry partners, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, or they grow their businesses more slowly. They get word of mouth, they get referrals. Those are great leads, awesome leads, but they aren't leads that get you to $3 million in year two. They just aren't. So there are two primary categories of marketing assets we're gonna talk about online. I'm very, I have a strong preference for online. I think it's very, very powerful and underutilized by this industry and then offline. You do need to target them both. So build a solid online presence. One is attractive, high converting website that's built to rank. So your website is going to generate you lead flow online. And guess what? Also people who find you offline, people who see your yard sign, who see your van, they're gonna go check out online. Almost all of them are. So have a website that, that demands respect. Right, have a website that shows you're professional. Uh, effective search engine optimization specific for painters. So I'll get into that. That is a loaded, a loaded thing, right? SEO, $29seo.com. Guys from India are going to do your SEO. So we're going to get all into that. Uh, optimize an active Google business profile. Some common misconceptions here and, and how to fix that. And then plentiful online reviews. So this is a little diagram called the marketing flywheel. So website is top and center. Website is really your core asset. It's your fundamental, most important asset of your painting company in terms of marketing. So have a website that, is, that you're proud of, that is aesthetically pleasing, that has the pages you need to rank and that's built to actually convert. Uh, do SEO appropriately. This is off page, on page stuff. Uh, make sure that you are managing reviews, right? So reviews should just be automatically collected for you. You should be collecting on a minimum 33% five-star review. So when you go out and do a project, at least one third of them should be leaving you a positive review. If they're not, it's a problem. And I, I can know a lot of people in this room are probably a lot less than 33%. That's a pretty high percentage. If you get over 50, I've talked to people over 50, that's astronomical, that's incredible. Um, Pay-per-click is obviously paid ads, local service ads, so that's a newer category for painters. I'm gonna get into that, because uh, that's really exciting. Retargeting ads, when you're running paid ads with Facebook, Google, you should be doing retargeting. Uh, paid directories, I put it in there. It's, it's kind of a fill in the gap. I'll talk about that a little bit. Repeat referral and then social ads. So Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing. TikTok, not so much. Um, really Facebook and Instagram are better for painting companies at this point. Uh, so number one, website built to rank. You need pages for all your primary services and locations you want to rank for. So this is Paris Painting's website. Painter Marketing Pros built this website. You can see that there's a drop down from the services they offer their exterior painting, the interior painting, commercial painting. That means every single one of those pages is built to rank for keyword phrases related to those pages. A common misconception is you just put up a website and if people find you, they all go to your homepage. It's not true. 
They go to all different kinds of pages of your website. That's how it works. Uh, and then location. So if you're a, you're a service area business, the way to actually rank that is to have every different community and town and area that you serve that has enough keyword volume, you don't actually build a page for it because you're going to drive people if they're searching for, um, well, I don't know this area at all. So I'm not going to say Albuquerque. I, don't, I have no idea what's around here. If they're searching for Tampa painter, well, I would also want to hit Clearwater. I'd also want to hit St. Petersburg. There are areas, cities nearby that I would want to hit and build pages for all of those. Uh, this is an example of, of, again, another site we built, but an attractive website built to convert. So step one is actually getting the traffic there. People who find you on Google, obviously people use Yahoo and Bing, but, but we're talking about Google here. People who find you on Google are your ideal buyers because they're doing their homework. They're not just, hey, thumb, thumbtack, give me a bunch of leads. I want to see them all fight each other, bloody each other up, and then I'm going to go with whoever's the cheapest. They're people who are actually doing their homework and they want to know that you know what you're talking about. Again, make your website uh, good and then make it convert. So convert means you want them to actually book an estimate with you. We're not Instagram influencers. We don't just want people coming to the site that doesn't yield dollars. What yields dollars is actually estimates and then a smooth sales process. So build it, build estimates. So right here, for example, you can see the, that's not gonna go anywhere. So that up there, as you scroll down this website, it's gonna stay up there, it's called a sticky header. You wanna give people the opportunity. Man, this thing is sensitive. You wanna give people the opportunity to always be able to book as they're scrolling down. You never want them to have to go up and, oh, where, where's the contact us? Do I call them, email? You don't, want to, you don't want to put obstructions to people booking estimate with you. And then this little button, so that's going to repeat over and over and over again. As you go down, there's typically at least two places that they can click to actually move forward with booking estimate with you. Make it easy on them. So that's optimized for desktop. Optimized for mobile, again, that up there is not going to go anywhere. That's a sticky header. So they can email, they can call. They can text. You want to give different people communicate in different ways. You want to catch the, all the different kinds of buyers that come because they're not all going to want to communicate the exact same way. All right. And then this is uh, another site. So have automations connected to your web form. So we're going to get into automations as part of theme, uh, theme three with the systems, but all this stuff's obviously interconnected. So when someone fills out your web form, they should be automatically contacted. They should have the ability to automatically schedule an estimate on your calendar. Even if you want to pre-qualify them, that's fine. Call them afterwards. Right? Get, the, get the appointment on your calendar. Don't make it difficult for people to book with you. Uh, two, effective painting specific SEO to get found by high quality buyers. Again, your best leads are doing homework. Think about if you're trying to find um, anything that you don't know, like a, a veterinarian. Like I'm in Albuquerque. I have no idea. If I'm, I'm not here and I travel with my pet and I need to find a veterinarian, I need to find a dentist. I need an emergency root canal. I've been in that situation. It's not fun. I'm going to start trying to do homework and figure out where I need to go ASAP. What am I going to do? I'm going to go online. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to Google it and I'm going to try to figure out what I'm going to do. So your best leads are going to do that. If they're not a repeat or referral, they're not going with someone they already know, then they're going to do research online. If they're on Thumbtack or Angie and they're just buying it, let them go. Oops. I'm supposed to say that. All right. And so this is, uh, this is a software we use. It's called Bright Local. So this is the kind of data that you need to be tracking. So this is a, a partner of ours over the past 12 months. When you see this move up, so this is them at average Google ranking. Uh, we started at 45. So Google has 10 rankings uh, per page, means that they were on the middle of page five. You want to see that move up to page one. So you want to see these green, that's a ranking on page one. You want to see that. So if you're working with someone in-house, if you hire someone, for, I don't know, Upwork, or you're working with another agency, make sure that you're actually tracking this stuff and that you know what's happening. Because over and over again, I hear, yeah, I've been, oh yeah, I do SEO. Okay, how long have you been doing that? Like six years. You know, it's six years. How many leads are you getting online? I, I don't know. What, what have they done? I don't know. Know your business, right? Know what's going on.
number three, solid social media profiles. We're active three to four times a week. So we find consistent quality posting produces great results. You don't have to do this seven times a week. You don't have to do it you know, multiple times per day. People think you need to go in hyperactive mode here. Sometimes it's quality over quantity. Uh, if you go a little bit too aggressive, it can actually hurt you. Uh, so here's some examples of, of some posts. Add value, right? So tips and tricks for, for painting. Um, give some stats about your company. Brand this stuff. Include your logo. Don't just have a you know, random stock photo of a guy painting. If you can have pictures, spotlight reviews. If you get reviews, positive five-star reviews, spotlight them. Let people know. And then if you can get pictures of your crew out there painting in your shirts, you can get wrapped vans out there, yard signs. That stuff's really good because it's genuine. People want to see something genuine. They want to feel connection to your company and they want to trust you. Uh, four, optimize an active Google business profile. So here's where a lot of misconceptions live. So optimize for your services and service area. You can see uh, here's somewhere we hit all the different services and service area because that's important. Uh, but then you want to post people. A lot of people don't do anything with their Google business profile. They kind of input the basic information and that's it. Uh, the people who are at the next level spend some time optimizing it. They want to want to make sure they hit their service areas, let everyone know where they're at, um, hit hit the, all the different services that they're offering, and then that's it, right? But the people who actually know what they're doing continue to be active on Google Business Profile. You should be posting to this weekly, uh, multiple times per week, ideally. You should be uploading photos, so portfolio, at least monthly. And that's going to help your ranking. When you're, when you're ranking, you're ranking your Google Business Profile. You're also ranking your website, which is tied to your Google Business Profile. Right, it's Google property. It's going to reward you for being active. Treat it like you would Facebook or Instagram or any other platform. Uh, and then when people are looking, you guys have probably noticed, if you look at a painting company's photos, you can actually see how long ago it was uploaded. So if you see, and it says four years ago, it doesn't look great, right? You have no idea what they're doing or if they're really even still in business. But if you see two weeks ago, always three weeks ago, then you know that they're, they're active and they're present. So you trust them a lot more. Uh, and then finally, we all know how important plentiful online reviews is. Uh, this is an example of a review generation process that we employ. So you guys should have something like this, especially if you're trying to grow aggressively because otherwise balls will start dropping and you're not going to get all the reviews you should get. So right here, this is projects complete. So an automated SMS is going to go out. Hey, contact name. Let's say, hey, John, this is Mike with Mike's Painting. I want to thank you for opportunity to complete your project. Uh, I personally guarantee the results. Make sure that they're happy with it. Let them know you're going to fix it if they're not. Um, how was our service? One to five. How do you, how was it? This is an SMS and an email. Most people are going to respond to a text message. That's how people generally like to communicate, but some other people, maybe some older people, uh, tend to like email. So you really should hit them both. Uh, it's going to wait. This is called gating right here. So this is technically against Google's terms of service, but there's really no way for them to find out. So there used to be, there used to be software that did this. So the software would take you to a landing page. You would select kind of one to five, what you wanted. If you selected anything under a five, it would pull you to another page. And it would basically be like, hey, we're gonna fix it, what's going on, right? If you select a five, it gives you the Google Business uh, Review link. Google doesn't like that because obviously you're, you're gaming the system. So we get around that by a text message. So this is a text decision tree with the CRM. So then if they respond with anything under a five, if they don't respond, then we're gonna follow up again two days later. If they respond with anything under a five, we're basically gonna alert the company owner, hey, you have a problem. It's not a five and it should be, so you gotta fix it. And if it's a five, then we alert them, hey, they should be leaving a review if they don't follow up with them. But there are ways to, it's all manipulation. At the end of the day, Google knows that. SEO by itself is manipulation. You just got to play smart. Um, build a solid offline presence. So that's online, super passionate about that. But when you're building stuff online, you're out in the community and you're meeting people offline. This is where you can make a huge impact as well. And this is where you can actually further monetize your projects and get more projects. So have wrap vans. 
obviously you should have that, right? Uh, professional job sites. So have people wearing your shirts, have people looking professional, have large and attractive yard signs. This stuff is relatively inexpensive for the additional work it's going to get you. And then door hangers, mailers, other offline marketing collateral. I'm a big fan of door hangers. I think they work really well. I know Brad uses them a lot. Um, Jason Paris uses them a lot. They're awesome. So this is a wrap van. Jason does a good job with that. Uh, and then they do a great job with their, with their job sites. They're always wearing the, the logos and the shirts and they always have a, a yard sign. And actually their whole portfolio on their site has their yard signs in it, which is nice. Um, door hangers, mailers, other offline marketing collateral is great. If you can get a team that looks like that, it might help you too. So what a... <laughs> Uh, theme one summary. So build your marketing ass assets. This is online and offline. Theme two is lead with sales. All right. So I love this quote. So this is from Brian Reese, Bell's Army Painting. It's, it's one of my favorite quotes of all time from the podcast. A sales is king. Just get out there. Build and figure it all out later. Brian is a cowboy, um, but he runs a great company. So as an entrepreneur, and I do, I'm talking with entrepreneurs, right? So this is a room full of entrepreneurs. That's how I'm communicating right now. Um, as an entrepreneur, you have a lot to balance, uh, but what you focus on expands. So I find in my life, whatever I really get targeted on in my mind, I can really only fully target on one thing at a time. I, I tend to perform best at that thing, right? You have to keep everything obviously in check, but what you focus on expands. So if you want to focus on sales, you're probably going to make a lot more sales. Three initial steps to dial up sales. Step one is Get uh, accountability of your historical data. You need to go back and track that. Step two is set future goals. I talk with a lot of company owners who don't have a goal. Not really. They say, well, what's your goal? I, I just want to get bigger. What does that mean? Set a goal, right? Put a stake in, the, stake in the ground. Make a decision. And then step three is get specific. Because step three, you also have to be realistic and it has to make sense. So step one, take stock of your past 12 months. Look at the following by lead source. So total revenue. Obviously, you should know that. Uh, number of leads. So how many leads did you get to make that revenue? What was your close rate? What was your profit margin? What percentage of customers by channel left you a five-star review by channel? All this stuff you should know by channel. You should know organic, right? Google organic. They came in this and I had this number of customers that closed at this rate. My profit percentage was this. My average ticket value was this. And 40% of them left me a five-star review. You should know if it came through Angie. What does that look like? You should be able to compare all that stuff. Step two is set goals for one year, two year, and then your BHAG, right? Your big, hairy, audacious goal. So some people want to get to one to $2 million. They want to get one to $2 million, run a nice business. It's a great business, makes them a lot of money um, that they can live on really nicely. And they're at that scale where you can hire people, people can solve your problems. You're not struggling, right? You're not scrapping anymore. Uh, other people want to get to over $100 million a year, $100 million. I've talked with quite a few people who want to get there and they, they want to get there through maybe managing multiple locations, opening a bunch of locations in different states. They might want to franchise. I've talked to quite a few people who want to build franchises. Don't be afraid to have that dream. Don't be afraid to chase that dream. It's why you're sitting here, right? You should chase it. If you have it, chase it. Because oftentimes it's actually not any harder and maybe even easier to build a bigger company than a smaller company. Because a bigger company gives you more money. More money gives you the ability to solve your problems. You can pay people to solve your problems. So don't be hesitant to chase that dream. Um, because you should. Uh, step three is get specific. So you have to map out the numbers that you actually need to hit. When you say, you know, in two, don't say $100 million in two years if you're not anywhere close to that. All right? That would be the big, hairy, audacious goal because that's just unrealistic. Um, but if you say in two years, let's say I'm at 2 million, I want to get to 5 million. 
in two years. Okay, so map out the numbers that you actually need to get there. Don't just say, I want to get to 5 million, kind of Babe Ruth point out there. Make sure you actually uh, lay out a roadmap. So respect the data. Thinking about aggressive growth without a plan is dreaming. While having vision is extremely important for a company, you need to be able to execute. You're the visionary, you're the leader, probably most of you are, are the owners or founders of your painting company. Uh, so you do need to be that, but you also need to, to actually make things happen. You need to execute. You can't have your head just fully in the clouds. Uh, this is, is my favorite study, potentially of all time. So it was a 1979 interview of Harvard graduates as they were graduating, asking about their life goals. 84% of them had no specific goals. 13% had goals, but they weren't written down. So just goals in their head. And then 3% had clear written goals and plans to accomplish them. So the results were the 13% of the class who had goals were earning on average twice as much as the other 84% who had no goals at all. This is 10 years later. So they were earning on average twice as much. What's unbelievable is the 3% who had clear written goals with a plan to accomplish it were earning on average 10 times. These are Harvard grads. We know they're not all you know, homeless, right? They were earning 10 times the other 97%, 10 times. That's astronomical. So come up with your goal, write it down, but then actually create a plan to, to read it, to, to meet it, right? Uh, marketing percent, spend percentages. So you guys don't spend enough on marketing. I'm biased, sure. Yeah, I run a marketing agency. But the reality is the painting industry as a whole grossly underinvest in marketing. That's why part of why we're, we're 10 plus years behind roofing, plumbing, HVAC, all these other industries. If you look at them, they're way ahead of painting. Uh, Jason Paris talks a lot about this, how the, the uh, industry has yet to undergo its renaissance, but it is coming. So conservative, which is where most painting companies are, is in that three to 5% range. This is basically you want to stay, stay steady, make sure you have some marketing presence. Moderate, seven to 10%. I think 10% is a healthy budget for, for sustainable and good painting company growth. And then ultra aggressive, 12 to 15%. Uh, for Ellison Painting, 28% approximately. Yeah, I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, think about your goal. So what is your revenue target? Uh, how much is that monthly? What is your average transaction value? And how many book jobs will that require? So this is, this is how you break it down, right? This is stage three. So if your, uh, if your revenue target for the year is $2 million, well, then that means on average, Obviously, seasonality, things like that can play into effect, but on average, you need to make $167,000 per month in revenue, right? So then what is your average transaction value? Let's say it's $5,000. It's reasonable. Some people are maybe $7,000, but let's say it's $5,000. Well, then how many book jobs will that require? You just have to divide the monthly target by the transaction. You realize you need 33 projects per month to hit that mark on average. What's your conversion rate? 45%, it's a fairly standard conversion rate. So from lead to book job, if it's 45%, well then how many leads do you need? You just take your, your number of, of projects that you need, 33, divide it by that percent, uh, 74 leads, that should have said 0.45, and then what is your average cost per generated lead? So you should know this across all your channels. Obviously you should do this by channel as well. This is a, a consolidated approach here. Multiply the number of leads by your average cost per lead. That's a $7,400 a month marketing budget right, to hit $2 million. So right here, uh, this is basically what that looks like on a sheet. What you need is just your revenue goal, job value, and closing rate, and well, that's what this is for. So you guys, so you guys, if you wanna scan this, you can actually download it. Or you, if you don't know how to download it to your phone, you can just copy the URL and email it to yourself. 
So this has, has that sheet that I just showed and then it has another sheet that you guys can play with. So you can just point, if you just point your phone at it, a little uh, QR code will pop up. All right, so this is the, the second sheet that's on there. So this is just rough data um, thrown in there. You guys, you guys can turn this into whatever you want, but this assumes $2 million at a 10% marketing budget, goes into how you wanna break that up and then divide it by a month. And it's a sheet you guys can play with to decide how you're gonna invest your marketing, right? And how you're gonna spread it against your different channels. All right, so where should you spend your marketing? So you want a lot of fishing lines. You don't want to be fully dependent on one channel. I know for a long time, uh, Paris Painting was very de dependent on door hangers. Door hangers work really, really well for them. They still use them, they leverage them, but they've since transitioned away from that because they saw a dip. So you never really know when things are gonna dip. Last year, throughout 2022, Google Ads became a lot more expensive for painters. In a lot of parts of the country, the cost per click went up. So the Google Ads work is it's pay per click. So you pay for a click. So if that pay per click goes up double, let's say you used to pay $10 for the click, now you pay 20. Well, there's a click and they go to your landing page or your website, wherever you're sending them. And then there's a conversion. And then now you have a lead. So if you're paying double for the click and you don't convert at a double rate, well, now you're paying a lot more for your leads. So, and it's hard to double your conversion rate, right? Um, so don't rely fully. If you have a channel that's knocking out of the park for you, obviously invest heavily into it, but don't bank your whole business on it. Lead source breakdown. So here's where we start to get kind of heavy. So best long-term marketing channels. This is just, I'm kind of throwing the main ones at you guys here. We have painting specific SEO, repeat business. I'm putting this as a marketing channel. Repeat business and referrals from past customer. I'm putting it as a marketing channel because it should be active. It should not be passive. This isn't you sit there and it happens to you. Uh, referrals from past customers and professional referrals. This is your, these are your best long-term marketing channels. Your best short-term marketing channels, social media ads, Google local service ads. So I'm very excited about that, to talk about that. Uh, Google pay-per-click ads and paper lead sites. Uh, three, offline advertising. So direct mail, door hangers, billboards, TV, radio. I know a lot of people have tried that. The return's not always the best, um, but you can try it in your market. And then four, free marketing channels. So leverage your network. Personal network, local Facebook groups, next door posts. You can also advertise the next door. It tends to work pretty well. Uh, local networking groups, BNI, local chamber of commerce, all that stuff. Uh, door knocking and then cold calling. Everyone hates those things, but they work because everyone hates them. So you're going to be the only one doing them in your market. Best long-term marketing channels. So these four, painting specific SEO, repeat business, referrals from past customers, professional referrals. I'm going to walk you guys through the pros and cons of each. So painting specific SEO, this builds your lead generation system. This, in my strong opinion, should be what you build your company around. So Brad was investing into this before he even launched. He built the website, he invested heavily into his site and his SEO before he even had a customer because he understands the power of this, right? The pros are it's excellent ROI over the long term. Over the short term, it is not. It's actually pretty bad. So excellent ROI over the long term. High quality leads. Again, these are the leads that are trying to figure out who they want to hire. If, if they're trying to figure out who they want to hire, then it means that they're willing to look at painting companies differently. They're not just your painter, your painter, your painter, who's the cheapest one, right? That's, that's your Angie, that's your thumbtack. They actually wanna know that you're good, that you're gonna provide a good customer experience, that you're gonna come back and you're gonna fix it if you mess it up, that you have a warranty, right? That you have reviews. Um, and this allows you to dominate your service area with, without relying on that rat race of paid ads 
share leads. Paid ads, they change, right? The algorithm changes. Every time they change the algorithm, your, your cost is going to change. Not always for the worst, but sometimes. It's, a, it's an auction process, so when it gets more competitive, a lot of times in Q4, e-commerce, painting, everyone ramps up their spend, your leads become more expensive. Uh, cons, limited effect short term. You have to be committed, and you have to make sure that you're, you're not throwing your money in the garbage can with who you're partnered with. Difficult to execute well. Uh, it is not easy to execute SEO well. It is not. If, if you think it is or someone tells you it is, then, then they don't know what they're doing. Uh, and then scam artists abound. So there's a website you guys should check out, 29seo.com. If you want to take $29, you just throw it in the garbage can every month, you can sign up for their SEO. And you can tell people you've been doing SEO for six years. Uh, <laughs> repeat, repeat business. Um, to maintain contact with past clients through email, um, direct mail, and text phone, give them a call. Right? Give them a call around the holidays. If you have their birthday, give them a call on their birthday. That goes a very, very long way for people. That human-to-human -human connection is so rare with companies. Pros, these are your best possible leads. You should close these all day. You should almost never not close them. If you've served them and you run a company that produces good results, they're gonna, they're gonna hire you again if that's a lead for you. Um, in which case, you should get high profit margins as well because they shouldn't be as price sensitive. They trust you. So why are they gonna have some random person they don't trust and pay them $6,000 when they already know you're gonna do the job right? The cons are this is limited in terms of your scalability, right? This presentation is about how to grow fast. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to grow fast just relying on repeat business. Referrals from past customers incorporate a strong referral system. So this should be active. This should be active. This should be, this should be offered at the end of a project. You should be following up with people on text email about this. There should be some system in place that you have, whether it's offering discounts, whatever it is, make people feel special and incorporate some kind of program here. Excellent lead quality. Again, these should close probably 80%, 85% of these. Uh, and then when people get referred, they're actually more likely to provide additional referrals. So this thing kind of starts to build on itself because they got referred, they'll tend to refer. Uh, the cons, again, limited scalability, but with that proactive system, it's much more scalable, uh, faster than is repeat business. Obviously, people can only need so many things painted at one time. Professional referrals develop the relationships. Realtors, interior designers, even competitors, right? Jason Paris is big on your only competition is your ability to execute on your business plan. The, the TMA or TAM, the total addressable market, for painting contracts, unless you're maybe an industrial or something like that, it's huge. If you're, if you're serving uh, residential, there's really no cap to what you can do. So your, your competition is yourself and your ability to execute, it's not your competitors. Uh, this can supplement your lead flow. The cons is it takes time to really develop these relationships. And it, uh, it's usually somewhat limited. Sometimes I've heard of people who just get poured, poor jobs from realtors or things like that, but usually it's a couple, maybe one or two leads a month, something like that. So it can help to supplement. Uh, Short-term marketing channels, social media ads, Google local service ads, Google pay-per-click ads, and then the pay-per-lead sites. Uh, so social media ads, is Facebook, Instagram still work the best. So I, I feel strongly about that, TikTok, things like that. You're, you're generally going to be targeting people who are a little bit older, right? 35, 40, and above, they tend to have more money than the 18-year-old who's kind of perusing on TikTok. Uh, the pros is you get leads fast. Um, they tend to be exclusive leads. Again, they're not uh, being sold to everybody. They're, it's your lead that you just got. Uh, good targeting options. Facebook, obviously, there's very extensive targeting. Google has good targeting. Uh, and then relatively, or this is Facebook, relatively inexpensive. So Facebook's less expensive than a Google ad, uh, lead. Uh, the cons is this is interruption advertising. They were on, on Facebook. They were looking at pictures of their cats. You know, they were trying to figure out what their friend's doing. 
And it's like, hey, you want a painting job? Oh, I had a few glasses of wine. Sure, why not? Right? Put, I'll put my information in. And then you're trying to get in touch. I'm like, who are you? I know I don't want a painting job. So that's what interruption advertising gets you, right? So it, it can work. It can work well, but you have to have a strong sales system because that lead's not going to be as tight. Uh, Google local service ads. How many people in this room right now are running Google local service ads? It's awesome. So probably like 20%, 20, 25% maybe. That's not bad. So Google local service ads are good. This is a newer channel for painting companies. It's been around for a few years. Painting's really become active in it recently. Um, don't have a painting category yet for a lot of areas. Uh, so we, we tend to use general contractor handyman when we run these. But the pros are it's pay-per-lead. So Google Ads is called PPC, pay-per-click. You pay for those clicks. Those clicks are not always legitimate. Sometimes they're spam. Sometimes they're competitors trying to drain your budget. Sometimes people accidentally click on them and they just go back. They don't even go to your landing page. So you're paying every single time. And a lot of times pay-per-click for a painting company might be in the realm of 18 to $25. So you're gonna pay for it every time. By the way, if you're running Google pay-per-click ads, you should implement um, you should implement software to reduce spam. So there's actually software that you can implement uh, that, that tracks IPs, tracks known bots, makes implements rules so that you can't click it 10 times in a minute. You can actually set these rules. We use a software called Click Cease. Click Cease. Uh, I would recommend definitely using that because it's gonna protect your ad budget. Um, but Google Local Service has paper leads, exclusive leads, high quality leads against the same people who are looking on Google or doing their homework and you show up. Uh, competition is currently somewhat limited. So in this room, you guys are the cream of the crop. You guys are the best of the painting contractors. I'm not just saying it because you guys came to my talk. That's partially why you're the best because you had like three other options. So you guys are definitely the best. But you were also at this expo. What is it like 0.1% maybe less than that of painting contractors are here. Nobody's here. Relatively speaking, nobody's here. There's over 300,000 painting companies in the US. There's, I think 400 maybe, 300 that are here. So you guys are the cream of the crop and about 20% of you are doing local service ads. So what percentage of people who aren't here do you think are running it? It's, it's gonna be pretty small. Um, so competition is limited to early adopters. It is your highest ranking possible on the page. So right now, if you search, you know, say Albuquerque Painter, if they're running LSAs here, then it is going to be the LSA at the very top. Then it's gonna be Google pay-per-click. Then it's gonna be your map pack or your Google business profiles. And then it's gonna be organic. So you're gonna be at the very, very top to run these. Uh, you're also Google guaranteed. So people trust Google. That's why we go to Google. It's why, we, you know, oh, Google gods tell me who I need to go to, right? When they put the Google guarantee, the gods have spoken. You are guaranteed. Uh, the cons is limited targeting options. Um, you can basically set up your areas. They're going to tie it a lot to your proximity, and there's not really a whole lot more that you can do with that. Uh, it's a longer setup time, so they're going to verify your background. They're going to look, do a background check on you. They're going to need to see documents from your company. Typically, it takes four to eight weeks. Google paces your spend. So typically you can invest 100 to five, 600 per week. A lot of times you're not going to get through that five or 600 per week because um, they just won't give you the lead flow. And then lead flow, this could be a con or a pro. Hopefully it's a pro for you guys. It depends on your proximity. That's kind of a con because you can't, you can't space out more. Uh, your responsiveness, so that's something you can do. The quicker you are to respond, Google's tracking all that. They're using tracking numbers to know what you're doing. If you respond, they're going to throw you more leads um, because again, they want to serve their, their customers, right? The people who are actually researching, they want to serve them well. Uh, review profile and then your hours to generate the reviews have pretty flexible hours Google pay per click it's quicker than LSA again exclusive leads and targeted quality leads uh, the cons are they're more expensive Google pay per click is oftentimes 
pretty difficult to get a really good ROI right now for painting companies across the country. So it, the, the cost has risen um, and you need a sizable budget. So I, I talk with people who say they want to start Google ads. Okay, what's your budget? Ah, I'm thinking $750 a month. Don't do Google ads. Don't. You should really be starting at, I'm going to be realistic with you guys. You should be starting at three grand a month if you're going to run Google ads. No one wants to hear that. That's where you should be starting if you're running Google ads. And then pay, and, and I just want to elaborate on that. Not only are they kind of expensive, but Google and Facebook, they work on an algorithm. So it means that the more you spend, the more impressions you get, and the more they actually learn about who's responding to your ads. So that's why the, the volume there actually matters. Because as you spend more, your cost per lead tends to go down. Uh, and then there's pay per lead sites. Angie, Thumbtack, Craftjack, all this. The pros are quick. Uh, these can serve to fill in the gaps. Again, have a strong sales system. If you don't have a strong sales system, you're just going to be like everyone else, kind of you know, cursing about these leads. So not the best leads, but if you have a strong sales system, you can still do really well here. Um, cons, leads are shared. Oftentimes they're a bit lower quality and it actually has become more expensive. It's not as, not as inexpensive as it used to be. Then offline advertising, direct mail, door hangers, billboards, TV, radio, yard signs, rap bands, try everything. Try it all. Obviously yard signs, rap bands, you should always be doing that. Direct mail, don't send out one thing uh, and then just forget about it. I see Garrett. Here, Garrett Martell, so he runs a company called Trace Fix. He does direct mail for the trades. So if you wanna try it, I would recommend contacting him because uh, he knows what he's doing. The mistake a lot of people make is they'll try it once, maybe twice, they don't really get the results, they say, oh, direct mail doesn't work. Talk to him and he'll explain to you what you actually need to do to know whether it works in your area. And then free marketing channels, leverage this stuff. If you don't have the time to do it, have someone on your team do it, network in your community, your church, your family friend network, local Facebook groups, all this other stuff. Uh, door knocking, cold calling will make you a stronger person. I can tell you that. If you haven't done it, it's going to help you. <laughs> um, all right, so this is just a summary of the lead sources. Again, the best long-term channels, short-term marketing channels, offline, and then the free marketing channels. So Jason Phillips, I really, really like Jason Phillips. He's not here. I don't, is he here? Okay, Jason, I was about to say I liked you a little bit less. He's here. I really, really like Jason Phillips. All right, so he has been on it. We're actually shooting a podcast tomorrow, if my voice holds up, and we like to do an in-person one at the expo each year. But he is doing a series right now, so he's coming up right after Brad. His first one's being released next week. Uh, Six-episode series. It's really, really good. But he identified three stages that his company moved through, his painting company. Right? He, went, he started as a painting company. He calls that the thing. Started as the thing. And then it went to a sales and marketing company, and now he runs a, a people company. Obviously, if you guys follow any of his content or are friends with him on Facebook, you know he's very passionate about leadership, about mentorship, and right now he is he's very focused on people. That's his company. Uh, stage one right there, the thing, the painting company, that's your ticket into the game, right? That's just the entry requirement. If you can't provide a painting, painting project, a quality painting project, you can't play in the game. That's just that. Um, so my proposition to you is quickly move to, move to phase two. And that's the big shift that you guys need to make. That, that's kind of the biggest mindset shift is people stay stuck in, pain, in, in phase one. Like, I, well, I'm a painting company. Are you though? If you're using independent contractors, are you even a painting company? If you think about it, and then you can kind of elaborate that. Well, W2, are you the one physically doing the painting? At the end of the day, what you're doing is you're providing an experience, right? You're guaranteeing a quality. So you're a sales and marketing company and you're a quality assurance company at the end of the day. So make that shift, that mindset, so Jason said the mindset was sales and marketing, not the thing, right? It was the sales and marketing of the thing. Again, this is phase two of Phillips Home Improvement. If you move into phase three, people company, you, you kind of have to get to some level of scale. You can't just immediately decide by yourself, you're a people company now, right? So sales and marketing will help you get there. 
he compared it to um, whether you're installing pools, he used a lot of home service examples, whether you're installing gutters, roofing, whatever, it doesn't really matter what it is, as long as you're doing a quality job, then you really become a sales and marketing and, and quality assurance company. So we've been talking a lot about sales, how to grow your sales, but sales can cause a lot of problems at your company. Sales can actually crush your company, especially if you're not you know, commercial, if you're, you're doing commercial products, obviously everyone knows that can make you go bankrupt if you don't do that right. But even if you don't go bankrupt, can also make you go kind of crazy because you have all the fires you have. You start working more and more and more. You become bankrupt in your time. Uh, and then people start to get kind of pissed off because you're not doing a good job. You're dropping the ball. The, the, your work is shoddy. Um, so how do you fix that? So there are three strategies to mitigate operational problems while you are growing aggressively. One, always be hiring. So Chris Elliott, he said always be hiring. And then he kind of took it back. So I let him take it back. Uh, because you, you don't obviously always want to be, there's not always a place at your company for a new person every single day, every single minute. But he said, always be conducting hiring activities. So that means always be interviewing. Treat your hiring pipeline like your sales pipeline. It should always be going. Um, Brian Reese, I know, is very, very passionate about this. Brad's very passionate about this. If you're growing your company, you need to constantly have options of people to bring on board. Otherwise, you're stuck bringing on whoever's knocking on your door. And you don't want to do that because they're not going to be the right person. Uh, keep your employee pipeline full and you should be marketing and selling prospective employees. You should be selling your employees. You should be selling them. You should be telling them why they should come work for you. If they're good, if they're worth anything, they're evaluating you. If you say, hey, here's money, I'll give you some money. And they just, that's all they need. Probably not the right person. Not really. Not if you're trying to grow a, a serious company. If they want to see what you actually have to offer, if they want to see what advancement opportunities are present for them at your company, now they might be the right person. So you should be viewing this as a marketing and sales process for your employees, and then you should be following through on that process the same way you do for homeowners and, and commercial property owners. Strategy two, let prospective customers know you're booked out two to three months, right? So if you are selling, 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 and you don't really have the capacity to fulfill, that's okay. Let them know, right? Say, okay, well, you know, I actually have two months of work sitting there. Maybe it's because you only have two painters. Maybe that's why, but that's okay. It's still the fact. Right? You have two months of work sitting there. Try to hire people right away. So Brian, Brian Reese has a good quote on that. Work hard to recruit the labor to meet the demand. Hence, strategy number one. If you're always doing strategy number one, you're not going to run into as much of a bind here. Uh, you can offer a 5% to 10% discount if customers are willing to pay a deposit and wait. No one, almost no one likes to offer a discount. Right? It cheapens, it cheapens you, um, you know, all this stuff. But the reality is sometimes you have to take hits to your profit margin to grow aggressively. Super healthy profit and aggressive growth, they're not always in hand in hand. Sometimes you got to take those hits, you invest heavier into marketing, you might offer a discount to keep that job on the, on the books. But then when you go serve that job, because you're doing the offline marketing, because you're canvassing the neighborhood, because you strategically park your wrap van in the right spot on that neighborhood, so everybody can see it, because you're doing all these things, now you're gonna get more projects. So it's going to pay off down the line. And then strategy three, incorporate performance-based pay. So John McFarland of McFarland Painting, he has a really, really unique a employee model that he spoke about on the podcast. If you haven't listened to his first episode, I highly recommend you do so. He said the, he basically pays as a percentage of, of the job to everyone. Um, he actually gives bonuses if they save on materials. He has, he has this whole system dialed in. Uh, he has all W-2 employees. And he says the culture of our guys causes them to behave as though they are the business owners. He struggled a bit when he made the switch. It was a big switch um, because he actually used independent contractors. He had this whole journey that he went through but now his profit margins are really, really good because he went through that journey. 
So I would check that out. But skew your pay, and I know Brad had talked about this on, on his recent series, skew your pay toward performance-based pay because that gets everyone heading in the same direction, gets everyone aligned. And when you're moving fast and things maybe start breaking, it's really going to matter if your team cares. It's really going to matter a lot. All right, so theme two, summary, lead with sales. We talked about the best long-term marketing channels, best short-term offline advertising, free marketing channels, the three phases of business growth, um, and then the three strategies to keep your operations running so not everything is on fire as you are selling really quickly. And then theme three is systematize your company. This is very, 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 very important um, to make theme two work. So systematize your company, systematize your business to maintain a world-class customer experience as you scale. People, uh, good Jason Phillips quote, people working without a system is like someone trying to dig a hole for a road through a mountain with shovels. It's not the most efficient approach, right? It is a very labor-intensive approach. So you have to use systems, you have to use technology. Jason actually has an easy-bake oven um, in his, you know, he has, Jason, you have two, right? Yeah, he has two easy-bake ovens um, kind of on, I'm not going to show videos with him anymore because his, his setup is way cooler than mine. So it makes me super self-conscious, but I'm going to leave the ones that are up there out. So you can check it out if you want, but he actually has, he has all kinds of props, but he has two easy bake ovens. Um, think McDonald's, think same product, same taste every time. You don't have to hire a master chef at McDonald's. You should be able to plug in someone reasonable and it should work. Um, this component is key to scaling. So there are three main types of systems. There's sales and marketing systems. There's operation systems, and then there's data tracking systems. Data tracking, a lot uh, that is really poorly understood by a lot of painting company owners. So sales and marketing systems, here automation is really key. Leverage automation for your sales and marketing. It is going to help you so much. Uh, affordable automation is scalable, Brad Elson quote, you kind of become a big company from day one and the trust factor with homeowners goes up. So when you leverage automation, if you think about it from the homeowner's perspective, if you come to their house, if they're paying you, let's say $6,000, that's a lot of money for just about anybody. Even if it's a really wealthy home, they aren't typically spending that money on their house. So it's a major decision. It's a major buying decision. So if they're going to invest $6,000, five, even $4,000 into you, they want to know that you're going to be there. If you're saying you have a workmanship warranty, if you're saying, you know, hey, we'll come back and do any touch-ups if we need to. If, if you're a new company, Brad encountered this recently, he was a brand new company, still is pretty much a brand new company. So he has to get past that barrier so that people don't think he's just going to go bankrupt. So say, well, I, I can't really believe that if, if, you know, if something goes wrong, you might not come back because you might not have a business anymore. That's what's going on in their head. But when you leverage automation, when you tie this stuff in, without telling them you have a big team, they already feel that you have a big team because they're just getting all these messages. They're getting all these follow-ups. They're getting these touch points. It's so professional. They know when you're going to show up. They're getting uh, links with testimonials from you, with a video of you in the link. It's blow them out of water. You might be a tenth the size of the next guy who's walking in the door, but you already look way better. Uh, sales and marketing system make every lead more valuable. They allow you to close at a higher rate and for higher profit margins. So I spoke last year, um, systems that enhance the buyer's journey. It is up on PCA Overdrive. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend that you do because I touched on this a lot. Uh, one of the most effective things we can do is simply contact people with high velocity. So this is Nick Slavic quote uh, from one of his podcast interviews. Automated sales touch points should include. So we use a CRM for this. Uh, drip Jobs does this. There's a variety of options that you have. Drip Jobs is great with Tanner. Uh, scripted videos. So I, these are videos that, that you as the owner or an estimator, someone, maybe the face who's actually going to be out there, take a video. Doesn't have to be ultra formal. Doesn't have to be ultra professional. It needs to be professional, but it, it doesn't, 
It shouldn't look like a Hollywood movie or you lose that trust factor. It should look like a local business. So video just, hi, this is John with John's Painting. I wanna thank you for requesting an estimate. Uh, we look forward to seeing it. I wanna let you know what our process is and what you can expect from me and my team. Uh, you convey that, get a little link, they send it. How, how many homeowners are getting that, right? Very few. So if, they're, if they're, you're no longer company X and then there's company Y and company Z, you're John's houseman, wow, this guy. Right, he, oh, he actually sent me his workmanship. He's got a three-year workmanship warranty, that's pretty good. He, they already know all this stuff about you before you walk in the door. And then there's company Y and company Z and they're trying to undercut you, right? Decommoditize your painting business. Uh, send examples of your past work, right? Send a, maybe a link to your portfolio page. Include, obviously, customer reviews, video testimonials, social proof is huge. And then any kind of workmanship warranty, certificate of liability insurance, it's all about establishing the trust. They're contemplating a major purchase decision with you. Your ideal customer, it's also the, the, the cadence. They need to be touched five to seven times before they're, they're comfortable making a major buying decision. This is just psychology. This is research, right? So when you're doing these automations, especially as you scale, you're not gonna touch them that many times if you're not doing automations. You're just not. You might say, well, now I call them, it's fine. Then I always remember to follow up. What about if you're double the size? What if you're triple the size? Remember, we're talking about growing aggressively here. So you have to position yourself for that. And then generate reviews consistently by automating this process. Again, I showed you guys our, our process before. Drip Jobs has a process. Make sure that's automated on the back end. That's how you monetize projects on the back end, right? So you get that social proof. Um, and again, you can include referrals in that as well. So Drip Jobs, nice job. So we have a partnership with Nice Job. They're built fully around this, right? Nice Job is, does an excellent job of this. And then the people part of the sales system. So uh, Jason and Jason Phillips in our most recent uh, podcast episode, I took him on about a 15 minute side journey there that he didn't expect. We were kind of mapping out what, what he wants to approach, but he said something really interesting. He said, well, you know, when we provide an estimate, we always try to do it at the kitchen table. I was like, all right, Jason, you just opened up a door and now we're going to go through it. You probably don't know it. You probably don't want to, but here we go. And so I started asking him all these questions about, well, how do you get into the, how do you get into the, the house? Okay. Well, it's the process. Okay. You go into the car and you write up the estimate and then and then what do they say? They're like, hey, I want to go inside your house, right? When they, when they open the door, say, no, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I came up with this estimate. You mind if we go in and sit down? I, I'll kind of walk you through it. Oh, okay, that sounds pretty casual. And when they don't go into the house, because sometimes the homeowner might not want that for whatever reason, they actually have a term. They say he, he got porched. He had to deliver the estimate on the porch. Then he measures the close rate between when you get porched and when you don't get porched. And obviously the close rate's a lot higher when you don't get porched. So this is the kind of, people part of your systems that you can dial in. This obviously is an automation. Again, where do you park your van, right? Obviously you probably don't wanna park in the driveway, but it's not enough just not to park in the driveway. What if there's opportunity for more, more visibility? How many homes are you canvassing, right? When you go do a project, all this stuff. Uh, okay, operational systems. Uh, start simple, then build your systems over time. A lot of people get paralysis by uh, analysis here. Systems, it sounds so fancy, it sounds so big. Just start simple, if there's, if just write down a couple things, right? A couple things, you can build it out over time. Okay systems are fine to start. So here's a big thing, people think it needs to be perfect, needs to be professional, needs to do everything great. It's better to have an okay system that is repeatable than to just rely on an all-star employee because the next employee might not be an all-star and they might screw up a bunch of stuff. So it would be better if you had something that maybe wasn't quite as good as this one rock star that you have, but you can teach it to the next person, you can document it and it can just be implemented. Uh, Jason Phillips talks a lot about how they have project consultants. They don't call them estimators or project consultants really serving the homeowner. Um, when they go out and they provide an estimate, it's not an estimate, it's a quote. When they provide a quote, a proposal, um, 
and then they go in and, and actually book and, and move forward, they know exactly what happened. So there's no overpromise, underdeliver risk. They know the process that that project, excuse me, that project consultant went through. So now the project manager knows exactly where he or she is, right? Otherwise you get miscommunication and then you can get some pretty pissed off customers. Uh, as you grow aggressively, more balls will get dropped. Efficient systems is going to help you uh, maintain this. Operational systems should include hiring process, training program for your employees, uh, KPIs, how else do you know whether your employee is doing a good job? How else do they know whether they're doing a good job? They should know. Uh, job costing, estimate project management software, and every other repeatable task that you have. And then finally, data tracking, systematize your data collection and analysis. So we use software that, that tracks web form tracking, call tracking, web chat tracking by lead source. So you should know where you're getting all these leads. People say, oh yeah, I know, I asked them, they told me Google. What does that even mean? Is it Google ads, is it local service ads, is it the map pack, is it organic? And guess what? About 30% of the time, statistically, they're actually lying to you. Like, they might not even remember, they might feel stupid that they don't know. Uh, a lot of times they'll say that it's a referral when it's not a referral because they think you're gonna treat them better. It's, you don't wanna rely on that, it's a super inefficient way to collect your data. Um, this way you don't have to ask how the data is found, you can track it, and then you can actually use a CRM to then go deeper. Right? Then you can actually start to get that, all that stuff by lead source that I talked about and actually do it right. Uh, we use a software called What Converts. So this is, is what that looks like. You can see it's basically showing uh, the, I don't know if this is on anymore, uh, showing the tracking numbers. So we put different tracking numbers in places, showing the source uh, and then what it forwarded to and, and get the time and date and whether it's a lead or not, all kinds of good stuff from that. All right, so theme three summary, three main types of systems, sales and marketing, operations and data tracking. And then your overall summary. Number one, build your marketing assets, invest into your business, the painting industry as a whole, grossly underestimate, uh, underinvest in their marketing and their assets. Two, focus on your sales. And three, systematize so you don't burn it all down in the process. <laughs> I overshot. I overshot. I probably should have had about 20 fewer slides. Any questions? Because I also need to do a drawing for you guys. <laughs> nope. Who's got questions? Yes. Yeah, that's a good question. So search ads, a lot of those, man, we're, we're seeing like 200 plus in some markets. Search ads are pretty expensive. I'll tell you that it gets, it gets tricky too. So sir, I can go down a whole rabbit hole, but if you partner with an agency and you're not really clear on what they're doing, a lot of companies will run uh, branded ads. When they run a brand ad, it means they're actually marketing for your painting company's name. So if you were to search painter marketing pros and I bid on that and you clicked it, then I would call it a, a conversion, right? If you actually move forward. It's not really a conversion, you were looking for me. It was just, it was higher than the organic result. And then they'll report that number to you. as like, oh, hey, we're getting your leads for X, Y, or Z. But when you're actually talking about pure, real search, like painting company near me, best painter, a lot of those are going over 200 right now. Local service ads are typically between, um, yes, thank you, are typically between 25 and, and $50. It depends on the market. Sometimes a little more expensive, like 60. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Also, the, the max campaign, the stuff that Google tries to get you to do, it's not very good. So I wouldn't recommend that you do that. All right, let's. Uh, yeah, so that's that what percentage of your revenue or your anticipated revenue do you invest into marketing? So if you were a. Uh, oh, uh, extremely aggressive is 12 to 15%. Yeah, I think 10% is healthy if you really want to grow. Oh, that's super, that's super dependent. So if you're a $500,000 company, I think you can make it to well north of a million. 
I mean, Brad just demonstrated you can get to three million in year two. If you're three million, it's gonna be a lot difficult, a lot more difficult to triple. It's super dependent on your market. It's dependent on how the size of your company. It's dependent on your hiring processes. There's a lot that goes into that. And is that five million? I think within a couple of years, it could be north of 10. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, as long as the market's not saturated, but I mean, I, th I think overall markets, there's a lot more opportunity than people realize or usually give credit for. Okay, uh, so we, I just wanna make sure that the ones I collected are included in this. That wouldn't be fair. Okay. All right, also, as we're, as we're doing this, if you guys can please take out your phone, um, open up the PCA app. If you enjoyed, if you enjoyed this, it would really mean a lot to me and help me if, uh, if you left some positive feedback. That's if, if that's how you ask for a review. Uh, if you didn't enjoy it, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm not saying anything important. Um, all right. And that's how you gate. All right, you guys have a, uh, help, help me here. Did anyone not get a ticket? You didn't get a ticket. Oh no, he's, get, he's getting a free one. If you're a podcast guest, you get, you get the book because you wrote the book. All right, I'm gonna need that other one. Okay, so take out your tickets. We have 985296. Boom. All right, we have 985266. 985266. Thank you. I'm guessing they're all going to be 985. All right, 361. Three. Is that 361? All right, 354. Boom. You guys are on it. I appreciate you actually reading your ticket. Three eight five. Three eight five. You. All right. That one. Uh, three eight five. Three eight five. Three six zero. Cool. Uh, three eight one. I think, I think two more. Three, four, five. Three, five, eight. It's loud. I'm gonna go one more. It's because you guys are awesome. Uh, two, four, five. Two, four, five. All right, we go again. Three, eight, zero. Okay, this last one's at 349. All right, guys, thank you. I'll, uh, I'll be signing the books if you want. I appreciate you guys coming. Thanks so much. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.